Welcome to the Encounters Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Dopp, and on each episode, you will hear powerful stories of one-on-one evangelization, brought to you as a collaboration between Mission of the Redeemer Ministries and Genesis Mission, the Encounters Podcast will encourage you in the Catholic faith, inspire you as a missionary disciple, and equip you to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. Well, hello, Father John. How are you today? Hello, Michael. I'm doing all right. Thank you. Great. It's very exciting to have you with us on the Encounters Podcast. You and Michelle have developed the Genesis Mission, and out of that, the mission made possible seven weeks for equipping missionary disciples preparing them to have encounters, to evangelize one-on-one. And so, so far on this podcast, I've had the privilege of hearing a number of encounters that Michelle has had and that she's relayed on to our listeners that we've learned a great deal from. But I'm really excited to have you on as well, to be able to hear the way that God has been using you and to learn from some of the encounters that you've had. So thanks for joining us. Thank you, Michael. All right. So do you have a, do you have a little encounter that you'd like to share with us today? One I had a, a few months ago, the weather was a bit nicer, and I was, it was a Monday afternoon, so I was uh, getting a little bit of space in the parish on, on a Monday afternoon, and I was a, a few miles from my city of Plymouth, where I'm working and, and living, and we're very close to the sea, so I was near a coastal path, and uh, as I'm walking along to a, a headland, there's a man and his partner walking the other way, but he'd actually stopped and was looking out to sea, so... Uh, no one else in you know in in sight. So when you often see someone on on a place like that on the coastal path, you, you automatically say hello. So I, I did say hello and and passed a few comments about the view. This guy was was very friendly, or almost immediately friendly and talkative. So immediately then you're know, that little thing of oh maybe there's a deeper conversation coming here, you know and nudge from the Holy Spirit, as we call it. Now, would he have known you were a priest? Were you wearing your clerics? I wasn't, no. It's about the only time of the week when I don't would be a a Monday afternoon evening. Okay. So uh, as far as he is concerned, I was just uh, another walker. But like you say, he was a friendly, talkative man. Uh, I quickly found out that he'd come down from London. Uh, He'd been visiting his daughter at a a university about 45 miles away. Um, And so we, we automatically got talking about life, covid covid restrictions etc because we were in the throes of them still then and people being worried people being fearful etc so again you know we're, we're talking a lot about life and and I'm, I'm getting that prompting again you know where are you taking this holy spirit come and give me a, a few openings with it so i simply said you know how are you dealing with life how, how are you dealing with, with 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 covid and all these people being worried and fears etc and in the ensuing conversation, it came quite apparent as what he was saying was he was a person who was kind of shaped by a new age ideology, philosophy, very much talking about, you know, I just, you know, take each day. I just want to be happy and put happiness into the world, bring happiness into the world. If only it was that simple. If only it was that simple. Yeah. And this is this is a fascinating thing, kind of getting into what delving into what he was saying, because he very much gave a sense of. You can be in control of your of your world by being happy. Uh, and then you bring happiness into the world by being friendly and smiling and positive. This this whole positivity philosophy was coming through strong. I kind of, as I was listening to this, and he was, he was a great talker. So it was almost, I had to wait my moments to, to get my, my little piece in there and again, or even my question, you know. So uh, he got a few questions for me then about 
life and death, etc. You know, and uh, and I found out he had had a sister who died. That prompted me to kind of push him a little bit on that of how he saw that, and uh, he, he kind of expressed quite clearly he had no belief in in God as such. But he did believe as like this kind of new age thinking, this kind of universal energy. So his sister would have gone, you know, just being part of this cosmic energy, and uh, etc. And that we're all part of that. We feed happiness into this, etc. It's again that kind of thinking about karma. You know, if you do good, good will come your way. If you do bad, bad will come your way. So do as much good and be as happy as possible. And then you'll have a good life and, you know, everyone else will have a better life. Now, in one sense, it's not... On a superficial level, it's not a bad little way of, of living. You're not, you know, you're not purposely being nasty or, or doing harm, etc. But he did have this uh, very kind of simplistic attitude to things. I try to think at this point, talking to him a bit about, well, what about people who are living in the third world and maybe living and dying in poverty and all that? But he was like, well, I can't deal with that. I just can deal with my own world and my happiness, etc. Uh, and so he didn't seem to go any deeper with any more extended thought. And you can see he created this world of a, like a a bubble of happiness, which he felt in control of. That was it. He was happy with that. So during this time, I'm listening to him and I'm trying to intervene with, with and get a little bit of my own airspace to talk about my own beliefs uh, and, and views on life, etc. To insert a little bit of uh, language and talk about God or even Jesus and, and, and his truth. But I was getting like 10 second windows if I was lucky. <laughs> so... Um, and we we ended up talking for about half an hour, but uh, I did a lot of, inter of of listening. I really struggled, in a sense, to to kind of get my own space to to say my own views, etc. And I was I was praying about this as I was going along, but but like I say, it was it was it was a struggle. This is really uh, the deeper part of my thinking, really, on, on this encounter. In one sense, it was a good encounter in terms of I was able to get things across to him, but a little bit frustrating that I felt it was a little bit piecemeal, um, short bursts, um, where I had to say things in very clipped form of no more than about 10, 15 seconds before he interjected. Now, you often meet people like that in life, you know? They're friendly, they're talkative, but like, okay, you know, kind of, like I say, getting your own little bit of airspace and being able to express your, your thoughts and, and, and answers as well. Right, um, right. So in my evaluation of that afterwards, um, I kind of walked away thinking I was a good encounter, but frustrated with it in a way because, because of that lack of being able to offer an explanation of where I was coming from, what I, what I believed in or with him. It got me thinking as well, okay, he was, because of his talkativeness, maybe that was a, a big part of the problem. But also I thought I've met many New Age people before and they share this very simple philosophy. And, and how do you kind of engage with that or even try to unpack it a little bit for them? And how to you know how to fruitfully engage with what they've said? They see God, for instance, as this cosmic force, and in one sense, you know, when God is a cosmic force, He doesn't really demand anything of you. Uh, he's just there, you know, and you're kind of feeding into it, kind of tapping energy out of it, and that's it, nothing more. So you've got the cosmic force idea of God. You've got this thing of happiness, just generating happiness, but no sense of truth. Certainly, no sense of sin. Because when I talk to him about third world things etc it was like well that's not my world you know <laughs> the karma thing will look after that a little bit kind of what's the word not callous but indifferent indifferent to it and then it got me thinking what am i actually if i had the chance to really put into concrete terms in in a, in a short like no more than two minutes what is it i really believe in what would it boil down to and 
over the next day, after kind of praying about this, it, uh, I, I kind of ruminate on this then during the day as I'm going about my chores and priestly duties and driving the car to places, that, etc. This is it. He thinks God is a cosmic force, right? or isn't God, it's just a cosmic force. I do believe in a God, and a God that is real. Okay, So that'd be my kind of counter to what he was saying. I'd also say that God is personal, because right? a cosmic force is impersonal. You know, there's no relational aspect. There's association, but no relation. And if God is real, God is personal, that God, because he's personal, wants to connect. And when he, and he wants to connect and he wants to transform. There's like four words there. God is real. God is personal. God connects. God transforms. And that kind of gave me quite a, a, a decent little formula in my mind of thinking right next time i meet a, a new age person or, or someone with this kind of general popular type of philosophy of life that these are the points and little platforms in which i can engage with them listening to what they say taking seriously what they're saying but then extending that into my own thought and sharing it with them uh, a little kind of like i say a structure a platform for um a quick kind of proclamation or, or, or charisma which is relevant to what they say because they feel listened to but also kind of gives you an, a, a neat uh, and concise way of expressing what truth and belief in belief in Jesus is. It's really interesting. Father. I just wrote down the real personal connect. And what was the last one? God is real. God is personal. God connects. God transforms. Transform, right. And I wrote that down and it reminded me of the word res respect almost. If you take the, the consonants other than the S out of the word respect, just as a little way to remember the R-P-C-T. God is real, personal, connects and transforms. Because, you know, one of the values, the greatest value in an encounter is hopefully that it fosters an encounter between the individual and God. But also very valuable is what we can learn from them to prepare us as missionary disciples as we go forward. It sounds to me like this was an opportunity for you to grow in the way that you bring the gospel to a particular group of people. And I think it's one that many of us have I mean, there's just so many people that have that sort of new agey, the new agey worldview. So to have a way in your own mind, when I meet this person, a person with this sort of mentality or worldview, come in your back pocket. You have a little tool already that you've already kind of thought through how to speak with them. It is. Uh, I shared it with a few people and they, they found it handy as well. And it's, it's interesting as well, because part of our whole method of evangelizing and the Genesis method is, is to do... You're interested in the other person and listening to the other person. But obviously, the other person isn't necessarily that attentive to listening to you or, or, or even learned that or even thought about it, you know. And so you really do have some sh short kind of windows, gaps in what they're saying. Uh, one, to get say something, but also before they lose interest. Because if you go on, if you go too deep, you know, you, you can almost see they're just moving into their next conversation. You've hardly finished what your sentence is and they're moving with another question or another thing they want to say because people haven't always got good listening skills. It's given you something to actually kind of counter that as well. That's how, where they are, how they are. But how can I get a decent little charisma in for them to f sit with and kind of understand in a, in a succinct way uh, which is relevant to them, but is also quite complete as well. So a lot of people then find that with, with other people and it, again, it gives them these little, this little kind of platform to work from. And those can be difficult conversations because we've all been in them where the other person 
you know, my wife and I call them babbling brooks. They just kind of keep <laughs> going on and on and on. And when you were sharing it, I was thinking of the thresholds of conversion. Now, this isn't, this doesn't apply exactly to conversion, but it's also a threshold for relationships with other people. So the first one is trust. Now, obviously, he trusted you enough to have a conversation. He didn't think you were going to try to mug him or throw <laughs> stones at him. But the next one is curiosity. And it's interesting because people, there are some people that are very shy and won't speak much about themselves. But there's other people that they will just go on and on and on. But there's little curiosity about the other. And I also wonder, yeah, as you begin to throw out these little tidbits about yourself or what you think or challenging something they say or commenting what they say, you're also trying to evoke some sort of curiosity from them. It's not that the listening isn't authentic, but at some point we have to go beyond just listening to be able to make this into a dialogue and not a monologue. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yes, yeah, just sowing a few points uh, like seeds that they can maybe then, because sometimes with these conversations, you think once they've left you within half an hour, they probably, you know, what is registered, what is stuck with them. So you just want something that might just stick a bit about God existing and actually being personal. So again, people, even if they kind of accept some notion of God beyond the cosmic force of energy, he's all very philosophical and, and up there somewhere. And, you know, little old random me on earth. What's he got to do with me or me to him? So again, that thing of God is real and God is personal. It can get them thinking a bit. And from that, it gives you lovely platforms. And obviously when... When we say God is personal, wants to connect, how does he connect? If they give you a little bit of space or, or show a little bit of interest in that, you're able to open up the, the connection is through, through Jesus, you know, and he does, he does it in the most obvious way. Because in other types of um, encounter now I, I, I've had, is, you know, you kind of extend that and say, how would God want to connect in the most obvious way, you know? And it's not going to be, he comes out, down in a spaceship or something, he just takes on our humanity. You know, it's that straightforward. He embraces our humanity, becomes one of us. That, that So it's totally kind of uh, accessible to us. Uh, and so like I say, the, the connect then gives you that. And then it's not he just wants to connect for the sake of it. He also wants to kind of gift us with, with transformation, you know, to, to make us the, the best person we, we can be in his image and likeness. Uh, and so like I say, you can then extend, you can watch their kind of attention spans and extend these points to, to in, in certain ways. And, and with their questions and, and the dialogue that goes on, it's fascinating where this can go sometimes. You know, one of the things that I found interesting in the conversation you had with him was how you sort of shifted it from just what's going on, COVID and the weather and how nice the sea is. It seems like the shift came when you asked that question, how are you dealing with life? That is a serious question. That's a question that people even that we have close relationships with, we sometimes are afraid to ask that. How did you know that you could take it to the next level by asking a very meaningful and personal question to him like that? From experience, I just found that it's not a question that people are overly put off by. And this goes back years ago. Um, of something which is now non-existent because everyone's so fearful with picking up hitchhikers. As a priest, I, I've, been, I, I've lived in some rural parishes in my diocese and a lot of road traveling and you used to see young people or any, or any age people hitching a lift. And so I used to you know, always invariably stop. I always used to find these things very interesting to meet someone totally random. You know, I wasn't, I was never, I always look after myself, you know, I wasn't fussed about whether they're danger or not. It didn't come into my mind. Here's a chance for a conversation with someone. Uh, 
And so I used to just simply say to them, you know, listen to what I say, you know, whatever job they do, or start talking about their life. When things get tough, what gives you meaning was one I used to say. What I do now, though, is I used to just kind of listen to that. I'm more kind of, in a sense, a little bit more inquisitive or, or ask more questions from their answer. Whereas before, maybe I thought, oh, I'm being a bit intrusive. Well, I've kind of lost that that worry now. This My evangelization is, uh, has taught me. Don't hold back. If you've got a question in your head, follow it through. And invariably, the Holy Spirit's behind it, you know. So it is, it's a good opener for people to, to, to think of, where you're not introducing God in your one fell swoop. You're making a quantum leap into to God. You're just going deeper into the, the life stuff, their life experience, their human experience, and just seeing what they come up with. Again, it's, it's a nice little line to hold on to for anyone. When life gets tough, what gives you meaning? One of the most difficult parts of encounters is, is that shift, the shift from the banal, the superficial, the kind of everyday stuff to something that matters. And it's interesting that your experience confirms that people are open to that, that people actually want to share, even with somebody that they don't know well. Yeah, yeah. Nearly everyone has an opinion on it. Yeah. Uh, I remember picking up a, a random hitchhiker years ago, and uh, when I asked him that, we were about 20 yards from a, a small city called Truro with a cathedral. And he just he simply says, I go to the cathedral. And this was a man with no faith or whatever, seemingly no faith. But he used to go and sit in the cathedral when life was, was hard. And he, he was a very kind of down-to-earth, working-class man. Just suddenly reveals that in one sentence. I go to the cathedral. That was his little space where somehow he, he connected with, with God in some way. And these little lessons that, that reveal, you know, what, what is this reticence in us which um, is fearful to ask the, the question that takes the conversation a bit deeper? It becomes part of our, our kind of whole Genesis philosophy theology as well of what has sin done to us? It, it makes us run away from God and each other and we cover ourselves up, you know, with, with the fig leaves of various things, etc. And conversation, in a sense, can just stop us hiding, you know. It, it, we can go deeper with people and, 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 and just be more real to each other. Because otherwise, it, I, I just find maybe the older I get, I get really frustrated by superficial conversation that goes on for too long it's like you know i want some more meat in this 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 conversation um so it's part of maybe um me as well that that just i can see i I see the fruit of going deeper quickly without people reacting negatively uh and i think that's a a fear we we hold in our hearts uh preconceived ideas that if it's if it's done rightly they feel listened to and it's a a, a conversation, good conversation that people will are happy to, to to go there with you and just explain how they feel at, at these times. I think that's a good challenge for all of us and you know for our listeners as they go out into the world and having encounters with people that they meet on the street or in the store or at the park or as they go for a walk. Because if we buy the lie that people will be offended or turned off if we ask these more personal questions about them. Um, I think we have to challenge that just by doing it and seeing what happens. So I think the challenge for each of us is to say, you know, maybe we have those concerns and those fears. We need to just set them aside and say, well, let's just try this a few times and see what happens. And, you know, you've been testified in your own life that some of that reticence and that fear has dissipated because you've seen the truth, which is that People are open. In fact, people are hungry. They want to talk. There's so few avenues for talking about 
serious things, for having conversations that matter. And so I would invite all of our listeners after this podcast and they're going about their week and you begin having a conversation with someone to ask yourself, how can I transition this from the superficial to something meaningful? And maybe it's the words father used, you know, how are you doing with life? Or, you know, when life gets tough. What gives it meaning for you? What gives it meaning? You can use variations of that, you know. Or, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. But try that and see see what kind of impact that has in the conversation. Father, this has been great. We've, I've, learned, uh, I've learned something for sure myself, and I think our listeners have as well. So uh, thanks for your time and thanks for sharing this with us. Thank you, Michael. It's been a privilege. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Encounters podcast. We'd love to reach more people with these stories of encounter. You can help us make this happen by leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts or by sharing this episode with a friend. Be part of getting the word out so that more Catholics can be inspired and equipped to be missionary disciples. God bless you.